With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Coming down the aisle, it's time to farm. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to Kinda Fun, the LPN Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ben Kissel. I'm Katie Dirks. And we have, this is such an exciting day. This is our, you know, our last episode was a teaser. We teased people. It's only 15 minutes long. And this is our first episode. So we are so excited to be doing this show on Last Podcast Network. Katie and I, we're having a wonderful time getting to know each other. Uh, this show is going to have some interviews, not in this episode, but future episodes. We're going to interview former wrestling stars and current wrestling stars. But I figure we should start talking about what happened this past week in the world of pro wrestling. A lot of crazy things happened. AEW, they had another massive event called Fighter Fest. So we'll get into some details about what happened there. Also, Katie and I will debate uh, the chair shot to the brain, to the dome of Cody Rhodes. Good decision? Bad decision? Uh, We'll talk about it. Also, we're going to do a little segment here called Match from the Past, which is going to highlight either a match from the past or a pay-per-view from the past. So we have that to look forward to. But first, Katie, let's talk a little bit about what's happening with the WWE. Obviously, Eric Bischoff is now, after Extreme Rules, going to be taking over for SmackDown Live. And Paul Heyman, uh, what what what's old is new again. Paul Heyman will be taking over Monday Night Raw, and evidently WWE is trying to move away from the PG era because they're they're hemorrhaging teenage yeah. viewers. As, as a yeah. matter of fact, didn't they have thirty five hundred people recently out of Monday Night Raw? Oh, I didn't I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that hot goss. Yeah, it was like horrible. There people were taking pictures. Like the majority of the uh, of the arena was all oh right uh, right right quartered right, right. off and stuff. I mean, yeah. So this is something I think they got to do at this point. Yeah, the last pay per view they did went in. I think it was Seattle, and it was in Washington. Uh, and then the following Raw was just like just sad and embarrassing. Yeah, but I like I just here's the thing. Bottom line is, and I think everyone knows this. Anyone that's a wrestling fan knows that the bo- the problem with wrestling is Vince McMahon. You can move pieces in and out. You can, right. If you want to go back to the, if you want to go back to ECW and WCW and all that, all that, which great, love the memories. It's fantastic. Yeah. However, it's 2019, and if you watch back some of that stuff, it's great wrestling. It's good 
content, but everything around it. WCW was garbage. Well, that's what's so interesting with Eric Bischoff, because he's coming in for SmackDown now, as I mentioned. And I watched an interview with him on the YouTube. He was mm-hmm. talking about how it's super important to make sure these brands remain separate, make sure that mm-hmm. it seems like two different shows. But my understanding is WCW didn't solely fail because of Bischoff. He had the money. He was paying the big-time talent. Uh, he got them all there. But then didn't he just let the the lunatics run the asylum? Yes, absolutely. That And, and they just lost... They got away from good good storytelling. Mm-hmm. The, the, like there is no there's dumb storytelling. If you look back at the stuff that you don't remember, it's not good because there's a reason you don't remember it because it wasn't good when it happened. So there's no reason to bring in these old school guys. I I just I I agree with Paul Heyman. I do think Paul Heyman is a brilliant writer. I think he's fantastic at character development at story arcs. Right. But there's part of me that still is worried that they're going to continue doing things like. I don't know if you've seen the most recent Roz, but Mike and Maria Kanellis. Okay. Have you seen this? No, they're I didn't see old, this. Like, uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis, they're a married couple or whatever. They're back, and now your two champions, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, right. are feuding with Divas Division. I just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, what are you doing? And last, even last night, they were making, like, pregnancy jokes, and, like, she wants pickles, and don't give her ice cream because she doesn't want to get fat. Like, it's so... Dumb. Well, I mean, you know, that's what I always wanted to be pregnant for. I always thought pregnancy <laughs> was a lot of fun. Pickles and ice cream. I've eaten it super stoned, and I think I would enjoy being, uh, you know, pregnant hungry. But I just went to the doctor yesterday. I'm 334 pounds. Turns out that's too much. So I'm, unfortunately, I can't go on the pregnancy diet anytime soon. But this is uh, from Dave Meltzer. Of course, Dave mm-hmm. Meltzer, you know him. He's like, I guess the, he's like the, um, Truman Capote of wrestling journalism. Yeah. He is like yeah. the major dude of wrestling journalism. Someone tweeted at him. This is Jesus, who I think is from that television show. And he said, uh, yes, uh, Travis is also here listening. And I did say I'm very white. <laughs> um, but this was the question to Dave Meltzer on Twitter. Uh, he says, does Kofi giving Joe the finger, of course, referring to Samoa Joe, the finger last night mean we are pushing towards leaving the PG era behind? A lot more cursing and edginess is happening now. Dave Meltzer said, absolutely, yes. So it does seem like Vince is getting out of his own way and realizing AEW is legit competition, and if they don't spice it up and change things, uh, then they're going to go the way of the dinosaur. They have to do something. Yeah. They have to do something. And if, I mean, and I'm all for pushing the envelope. I'm all for uh, a little more edge and a little more. But let's make sure that if we're going to push the edge and we're going to flick people off and we're going to cuss and we're going to make pregnancy jokes, let's make sure that we're doing it with good storytelling. You can make a pregnancy joke. As long as there's a good story behind it, and right, right, so far, two weeks in to this massive decision, I was excited for like five minutes. But you know what? I actually, I don't really have a problem with the pregnancy storyline. I think this is the first time I've ever seen it. So at the very least, it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a storyline that I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of all the, the, you know, the Marlena and Goldust, Brian Pillman and Marlena, rather that storyline. Pregnancy wasn't involved, but obviously the relationship was on the line way back in the Attitude Era in the 1990s. I just don't think I've ever heard of a pregnancy storyline going on before. There's definitely been there's been some really bad ones, and most of them are are and I mean she's actually pregnant, so it's, it's oh she is she's actually pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. What do you think? This is a li- just a little bit more uh, like hot gossy here, but. 
As soon as I saw them pushing, as soon as I saw Vince pushing Seth and the man, Becky Lynch, as a as sort of a duo and intertwining their real life with the WWE storyline, part of me thought that's really going to hurt their relationship in real life. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't see how... Because once it goes sour, because it will go sour, just with the audience, I think I just... You have the two of the best wrestlers. You have one the the best female wrestler that's doing so much for women's wrestling in the industry. Right. There are better technical wrestlers that are women. Um, but she is the face right now of women's wrestling. You're, and it's so hot. And she's getting over. And she's just on she's on fire she's the face of the company what are you like it doesn't matter who she's dating it shouldn't matter who she's dating let her just be good at wrestling and put her in good matches instead of ugh, i mean it's exhausting it, it is kind of crazy good professional wrestlers and this is what i had to say speaking of seth rollins when it came to his twitter osprey feud i think all oh. of that is contrived all of that is you know, all of that is kayfabe, and I think he's actually helping out Osprey quite a bit by getting into a Twitter fight yeah. with him because, of course, Seth Rollins has a much larger following, and I think he kind of put uh, Osprey on the map a little bit. Do you think yeah. when it comes to, like, the wrestling is doing a good job of maintaining kayfabe and social media, but I just feel like on a, just on a, again, more reality show level, at some point, you just don't want to be around your significant other. Right. Don't you need a break? And I'm like, they're going to, this relationship is going to get stressed <laughs> out. You know, they have like show showmances when sure. people who yeah. are on like long television shows together, as you know, they end up like yeah. getting engaged or whatever. And then as soon as the show ends, they're like, what are we? Never mind. And then they, I'm like, this is a showmance and this whole thing could explode. It could. It could explode and that would break my heart. Because, I mean, I I am I'm definitely being a little hypocritical because I do like to I like to see them together for like two seconds. But the, at the core of me, uh-huh. the like the morale, the do things better for women's wrestling side of me is just infuriated every time I see them together. But then the like the 13 year old girl that reads Teen Bop, like I love seeing them together. Yeah, of course, <laughs> it's like bubble gum. I just hope I hope that I hope that it. I want them to succeed. I want the love to be real, and I want, I want it, it to be, be strong real. enough. It reminds yeah. me, I had a chance to interview Mark Marrow, as a matter of fact, on my political show, Abe Lincoln Stop At. He'll definitely now come on this show. I was speaking with him because he's a motivational speaker, and he inspired a lot of people. But he had a storyline going with Sable, and he told me that that was really the beginning of the end of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, he was like, I have a lot of regrets when it comes to Sable. Of course, Mark Marin, the wild man, Mark Mar- Marrow. Yeah. Uh, not Mark Marin. He is different. It's the very, very <laughs> opposite person. Not wild man, Mark Marin, but the wild man, Mark Marrow. High flyer, awesome, kick ass pro wrestler. Um, but one of the mistakes he said he made with Sable was letting that, that storyline really be the overarching uh, storyline for his entire wrestling career. Like, mm-hmm. everyone said, if you're going to go and do this sort of, like, macho man, Miss Elizabeth type thing, but even, like, more abusive, it's actually going to reflect horribly on you. It's probably going to ruin your career, and it's probably going to ruin uh, your marriage. And it did mm-hmm. all three, not ruined his career, I love Mark, but it definitely hurt a little bit. All three of those things happened, and, and now, of course, Sable is married to Brock Lesnar. Right. So I'm just wondering, I just hope we don't see that, like, 2.0. I, even though I know Seth and Becky are not fighting at this point, but you never know. Once you give creative control of your relationship over to the writers of WWE, they might come up with some weird shit. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't 
do it. Look at look at Nikki, Bella, and uh, Cena. I don't know what's going on with all that. I've never followed that because I don't want to think about two attractive people kissing each <laughs> other and just living this amazing life. Um, and then it's like, oh, we also have trauma. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think you're yeah, going to be fine. He dumped her, from my understanding. Well, I don't know if that's maybe fair. he didn't want to be on a reality show. I don't know. Maybe. That's fair. Maybe that was I it. Get it. But we also had, so another indication that uh, Raw is becoming a little bit more PG-13. Corey Graves scripted, holy shit, mm-hmm. I believe he said it, which is amazing. Was that was so during good. the Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley Falls Count Anywhere match. That was Raw July 1st. So it does seem as if they are, you know, it has to, I will say about this, what happened when the Attitude Era occurred, it seemed organic. I think that's the point you were making before, too, where it's like if the WWE just is like, Corey Graves said shit. Oh, yeah. you're like it's going to be like not read. It's not going to read authentically. And there's nothing more. Teenagers have a spider sense. Yep. When they're like, oh, adults are trying to be cool, but actually they're total nerds. Yep. I think I don't know if you saw that, but basically it was the it was the day after or like the the week after there was all this talk that there was creative meetings till four o'clock in the morning and and all this prep about how are we going to change and how are we going to adapt and to this new audience that they're right they haven't been getting and apparently that's when the announcements came that paul Heyman was going to take over raw bishop was going to mm-hmm. take over smackdown and the first thing that they do at the top of raw is uh lashley puts Braun through like an entire speaker wall or like the video wall yeah i saw that insane and that's like i feel like that could easily like to me it was like oh my god we're getting it we're getting the competition we wanted this is happening yeah. and then i watched raw last night and there's a pregnancy angle <laughs> well i mean that's that's the attitude era though that that yeah. is like them they they have an envelope yeah and they're pushing the envelope but you got to do it right but is it good to re we've already had the attitude era well, so why? I, I, you know, personally, the PG era it started when Vince McMahon, when Linda McMahon was like, "I want to be a senator," and then mm-hmm. Vince is like, "Oh, we'll just pretend like we never had anything else happen. We'll pretend we didn't have a character named Papa Shango, and we'll pretend <laughs> like we didn't have like create like Tatanka. Um, although uh, Tatanka is wonderful and everything, and Papa Shango yeah. too, uh, or the Godfather. Not to reference two of the characters." Um, from uh oh i'm blanking on his name but the godfather he's great so i'm wondering if that that move because there was no competition they they bought up everything they controlled everything linda's running for senate i just feel like the move was contrived and forced to start with i don't think the audience ever wanted a more watered down version of the wwe Right. right so maybe maybe this is just like them being like they they need to do what Domino's did. Remember that when Domino's had their pizza their their ad campaign where it's like, "We're sorry, our pizza sucks." <laughs> Send us pictures of how oh, shitty yeah. our pizza is, and then everyone just sent them pictures and they would put them on television. It was like the most brilliant ad yeah. campaign ever. So like, if yeah. Vince, if the WWE just comes out and be like, "So these past fifteen years, guys, let's talk. <laughs> we know. Let's let's you know send send us a picture of you crying because you're so bored at a Monday Night Raw. Let us know. <laughs> That's I mean hey I'm I'm for change. I'm for I'm for this movement. I'm just very cautious knowing the WWE's track record. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, cool. Let's talk about. You want to talk about Fighter Fest? Ah yes. Hell yeah. Love Fighter Fest. This thing was unreal, wasn't it? It was. I mean, they're just they're just doing it right. Everything they're doing, they're doing it right. The booking is right. 
the and they're doing it without television. That's the crazy part. Right. They're they're building these matches and and setting stakes without television, which is just incredible work. It really is incredible. And if you want to watch it, because I was like, where do I find Fighter Fest? Uh, just go to BleacherReport.com because evidently, and then they just air it for free. Mm-hmm. AEW is doing a real good job of just making their product accessible and realizing this is not the time to charge an arm and a leg to watch our pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, this is a time for us to give the audience what they want, and I'm sure they're going to start making the money off of the merch if they're not. I mean, I'm sure they're already doing great, but I just thought that was awesome the way they uh, just had it on BleacherReport.com. Yeah, they've got a great partnership, and I believe Fight for the Fallen is coming up and that's also free as well yeah fight for the fallen of course there's going to be a wwe event running concurrent with it there was a little drama over that cody rhodes is like really vince you really have to like book uh another event i believe that's when extreme rules is or something like that yeah it's this weekend but you know what at the end of the day yes fight for the fallen we have to always uh you know respect the cause behind that uh, that event but at the end of the day it's still business and i don't think that vince was particularly I'm sure that he wanted to go head to head with them, mm-hmm. but I don't think that he was like, "Oh, it's because this is going to be extra cool because they're they're honoring veterans." I don't think it was a good look. I think it just so happened to be. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I can't. I mean, I yeah. I can't imagine that they would they would do that. They're they're running the uh, they're running the NXT show during Fighter Fest, or sorry, Fight for the Fallen. I keep messing it up. I've been messing it up all week. They're running um, NXT uh, the Evolve show. Um, the Evolve anniversary. It's a 10-year 10, 10 anniversary, but it's going to have, like, Gargano. So the talent that they're running at the same time they're running Fight for the Fallen uh, is essentially a very similar matched athlete. So you're looking at Gargano while you have Kenny Omega on one side and Gargano on the NXT side. So it'll be... Right. It's an, it's, anno- it's annoying if I'm, if I'm AEW. I'm like, okay, fuck off. Well, yeah, but then again, <laughs> I think they can also go head-to-head and win this thing. So let's talk about Fighter Fest. This was absolutely incredible. The uh, women's match was so dope. That was uh, Rio, Yuka, Sakazaki, and yep. Nyla Rose. That thing was, like, brilliant. Adam Page, he ended up de- uh, defeating Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy. And I have to say, Jungle Boy is low-key my favorite professional wrestler right now. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. hilarious. And he's so good. He's so They're he's all so, so good. fast. Yes, and it's so fast. And so the hangman uh, Adam Page was able to defeat Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy. Really incredible match all around. Uh, and then of course we had the Elite. That's Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. They defeated the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Junior, Ray Phoenix, and the Laredo Kid in another just like classic Kenny Omega, like floating on air match. That was a brilliant match. He's just he's just magical. He's magical. One of my, uh, real not to backtrack a little bit, but how do you feel about MJF? I think he is a perfect, he reminds me of Rick Rude. He mm-hmm. reminds me of like everyone that you want to punch in the face in high school and college. He nails it. It's a perfect character for him. That's what I mean. He is just like such a good job of being like, I mean, he, just when you when you end a sentence by calling everyone virgins, I love it. I just love, I think it's just so classic. It's too funny. I'm expecting him. To, he's like Rick Rude combined with Mr. Perfect. That's yeah. what he reminds me of. And he's I do I would consider him uh, like an, a weapon for AEW. Like he totally. is he is one of their heavy hitters, and he's he's great in the ring. But he is just he is just 
poison on the mic. He's fantastic. He really, he really is. He is awesome. And of course, he was a crucial role in the four-way match uh, involving Jungle Boy, Jimmy Havoc, Adam Page, uh, Luciosaurus, and MJF. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's like totally badass. I loved it. And then, of course, uh, we also had Johnny Moxley, who defeated Joey Janela. So we can talk a little bit about that in a second. But first, let's talk about what we sort of teased up top. The Cody Rhodes match against Darby Allin. Uh, first of all, Darby Allin is, he is going for it. Another weapon. Another weapon they have. He put his body on the line in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. And I am like, it's funny hearing uh, JR, because JR, or Jim Ross, of course, uh, he's announcing for uh, AEW, for those that don't know. He is, JR, like when he does speak the truth, he breaks kayfabe sometimes where he's like, this guy is going to kill himself. He's literally like, because yeah. he, he talked about how he got thrown off of a warehouse into a bunch of broken glass, nails, the whole thing. And then he spent like two months in the hospital. Some of that's, uh, you know, a little bit, sure. maybe not not 100% accurate. And then uh, JR is like, and how much money did he make? He didn't make a dime. Like, all this shit. He's like, he's going to have to change his style. And I firmly believe that JR watches that match and watches Darby Allen wrestle. And is just like, kid, you got eight months left if you're going to wrestle like this. Yeah, he was, he, he was, he's like a skateboarder turned wrestler and has a crazy backstory. And he's so young. But he's just he's just a, an athlete. He's incredible. He really is. And the fact that Cody Rhodes put him over put him in the over. way that he did, because this match did not end in a pinfall, a, a DQ, a count out. This match ended with a draw, mm-hmm. which is something that I haven't seen in so long. And I'm so happy that AEW is like, there's like a God mic that's like five minutes remaining. <laughs> For some reason, it makes me feel like I'm in, I just feel like I'm in a real sporting event where it's like, oh, shit. Someone's it's, keeping it's time real. of this? Yeah. It's real. Somebody's, somebody's paying attention? <laughs> what? Because the WWE, I don't think, uh, they haven't done that for years. And it's I absolutely love that. It feels traditional. It feels, and and a lot of the stuff, and the draw, the count was like traditional to Florida. Like it was just, there's, they just, they're, they're AEW so far is just doing it right. Well, and it's interesting because they are doing certain things the old school way. Even though their product is brand new. They're still doing things in old school ways. So when you watch it, you're like, this is the best parts of WCW, of WWE. Yes. We want all the best parts of those things. They were all good in their own way. Yes. Put them all together. And one of <laughs> one of the old school things that happened was at the end of the match, uh, Spiro comes in. He's wielding a chair. Uh, Cody turns around. Purposely, obviously, you can see, keeps his hands down. He's like, I'm taking this chair shot to the brain. Uh, this is going to be an unguarded chair shot. What did you think about that? Because I kind of have mixed feelings about the way they chose to end the match. Because again, the match was kick-ass. I mean, the audience could not have been more lit. Yeah. I had, well, I had two reactions. My first reaction was like, I was like, why did they do that? I can't believe they did that. They're undoing so much progress. Like, why are you, why, like, Cody, why would you green like this? Tony, what are you thinking? I was more mad at, them risking Cody's well-being right. uh, as a company. Like, I was mad at the company. Um, but then when I was... But then, like, once I saw... I was I was definitely I marked out. I was like, oh, my God, he's bleeding. He, how did he blade? Like, why would you blade? He, like, I thought he bladed the back of his head. Like, I was so confused. I was like, what is right. happening? But then, like, as time goes on, it was like, all right, well, 
we gimmicked. We we gimmicked the chair. It just went sideways. It looked like the the rim of the chair just clipped the back of his head somehow. Oh no, he had a JFK moment. He had a yeah. skin flap just like hanging down. He, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Brandy being his uh, yeah. being his um, Jacqueline Jack- Kennedy. Yeah, Jackie Kennedy uh, was there to sort of paste it back to the back of his head. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? So personally. I, I did not have a problem with it because certainly the non-sanctioned match was like what I used to love growing up. And that match, even like I used to watch a lot of Japanese death matches and stuff like that. I was like, this is pretty good. But the thing with the Cody Rhodes chair shot, for me, it wasn't so much the chair shot, although I do agree, we need to be careful. That's why when I interviewed Mick Foley and we're really excited to get him on the show here at some point, he mentioned to me how the I Quit match with The Rock is his least favorite match of all time. It was nonstop, unprotected chair shots. He's like, it was super stupid. Yeah. So I do understand we want to be careful. But um, for me, it just didn't make any sense for the end of the match. For me, sure. it sort of like just stopped all the action because the audience is like, over time, over time. Right. And then all of a sudden, we have a chair shot that kind of comes out of nowhere. And I just felt like the match... I think it deserved. I just wanted to. I think it deserved a pinfall or or just a clear winner if they were going to like go with that angle. Right. So that was my only thing. I thought it sort of halted what I was so excited. I was so amped up, and then this is a strange, a strange time when a chair shot actually for me was like ah, right. That's not as exciting as if I watched them go five more minutes. If I was, if this was WWE, I would have been angry and annoyed and and just like. I would have gotten over it, of course, and continued to watch WWE like we all do. But it's not. It's AEW. And I think that when when sh- when they're they're building Sean Spears as the ultimate heel, they're building him up and and what is the one thing that the heel that a heel can do that you that is still being introduced for the most part to a bigger audience? What is the one thing that he can do that would just build his character? It's a chair shot to the head. Ah. Uh. Thought you were gonna say publicly defecate. <laughs> that, that would also work. Also that. <laughs> yes. So I have I have faith in AEW. Oh, absolutely. That they're just they're using this to build them, and maybe they learn from it. Maybe they don't. Maybe we'll just see where it goes. I thought it was a big success. I mean, if Cody is like, I don't think they've had any. The blowback I thought was good. Also, yeah. Whatever. There's gonna be blowback for everything. Right. So like the blowback is like, did they go too far? I'm like, if you're AEW, that is exactly the yeah. uh, headline you want to have because. You know, the question now, and I know this is what the WWE is asking themselves, are today's youth going to be like the youth of the 90s? And yeah, people, today's youth is so much more aware of what gore and violence looks like. When I was growing up, we had Rotten.com, and that was it. And now kids are just looking on LiveLeak, just being like, oh, this is what a cartel killing looks like. I don't think there's going to be pushback from the younger generation, the younger audience, because right. something becomes too violent. I don't. Right. I just don't see that happening. Right. I just don't want it to be too violent. That's very nice. No, I know, I know. I don't it has to be violent for a purpose. And that was my only issue with the end of the Allen Rhodes match was I was like, why did this just happen? Yeah. Yeah. When that match was so great and it kind of overshadowed everything. And then for those that watch it again, go to bleacherreport.com. Uh, there was like seven minutes where JR is like, I have no idea what's going on right now. Uh, Cody is like, it was just, it, to me, it, it stalled the action as opposed to like propelled the action. If there was some big storyline twist with it, and maybe they're, maybe they're leading up to something. I don't know. Yeah. But that was my only thing with it. That's it wasn't so point. much the chair shot. It was just like, why the hell did, and then also if you have a little bloodlust in you when it comes to wrestling, 
that was certainly satisfied by John Moxley <laughs> and Joey Janela. So the so the pay per view or the event didn't even really need it. Yeah, it, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. It'll be here. Well, and also it was in in their defense, it was a chair shot gone wrong. It wasn't the. I don't. I truly believe he wasn't supposed to bleed. Oh sure. But he yeah. did, and and you're right. It did overshadow. It went wrong, and it overshadowed Darby Allen. When we were talking about it, it was like, who did he wrestle again? Oh right, Darby yeah. Allen. Exactly. Uh, you're right. It overshadowed. It overshadowed uh, everything that came before it. And Darby, uh, he deserves a lot of credit because that match was dope. Animal. Watch it. Bleacher Report dot com shows it live. All right. Should we do a little match from the past? Match from the past. Match from the past. We should get a theme song for our audience out there. If you can come up with a match from the past theme song, that would be amazing. We will play it on the show. All right. So I was, you know what I was doing? I was drinking my BLs. I was sitting on my couch. I was on the WWE Network. I know. St- stunning information. I do think that if we're going to do match from the past, it should be half drunk. Of course. <laughs> we should immediately <laughs> get drunk match? right now. And we have to do well, we have match from the past. I remember that one. Uh, but it is the King of the Ring 1997. It This is a really badass card. And uh, Mankind is all over this pay-per-view. And he's like peak Mankind, Mick Foley, just being like the GOAT as always. This is him. He's in the ring. He's doing his weird Mankind. I'm in the corner pulling my hair out. Uh, And he's about to fight Jerry Lawler. And this is just his little speech. And it just stood out for me. I was like, this is just so classic, Mick. It's so badass. So have a listen. Has Uncle Paul gone? Uncle Paul, uh... I would like this to be the biggest moment of my wrestling life. But apparently, Paul Bearer has more important things to do. I'm not about to let that stop me on my quest to be the king of the ring. You see, throughout history, there have been cruel kings who have kept their subjects down. There have been benevolent kings who held their people up. What kind of a king would you like me to be? (laughs) What kind of a king would you like Mrs. Foley's little boy to me. You see, Jerry Lawler can surround himself with royal robes. But as far as I'm concerned, the Emperor has no clothes. That's not a pleasant thought. Jerry Lawler is not a king. He is a pawn in mankind's game. And as the emperor with no clothes, there is only one sight more sickening that I can think of than Jerry Lawler walking around stark naked. And that would be me walking around stark naked. (laughs) All right, there that was. Mankind, one of the best of all time. So check out that pay-per-view. The headliners are uh, Undertaker, of course, with Paul Bearer. Uh, He defeated Farouk. 
Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I guess it was in 1997, so... Yeah, I mean, this is on you if if you haven't seen it. That's true. <laughs> and the Shawn Michaels... So it, it was it was Farouk and Taker in the in the um, headlining, and Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, which was a awesome match. Highly recommend it. And, of course, Hunter Hearst Elmsley uh, went on to win the King of the Ring final match, um, but I won't tell you who he defeated. Um, oh. All right. We'll check it out. And also, you get to see the, the Hart Foundation. You get to see classic Owen Hart and, of course, the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, along with Psycho Sid, who is simply <laughs> one of my favorite meatheads of all time because uh, he is, um, he's an, he's, you know, he's full of muscle. <laughs> even, even the brain. Even the brain. So check out the 1997 King of the Ring if you want to have a good match from the past experience. And it really is a, a reminder how great the WWE can be when there's true competition. So the future is bright, I think. I'm so I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. This is kind of fun. Uh, let's see. What is our email? I know we have an email. Kind of fun LPN at gmail.com. Kind of fun LPN at gmail.com. Shoot us an email and uh, perhaps we'll read a couple on the show. And if you have a wrestler that you know uh, that wants to come on the show or something like that, just let us know. We'll do this DIY like we have done everything here on the Last Podcast Network. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. You have to have a catchphrase, Katie. Uh, yay. <laughs> That's perfect. Katie's catchphrase is going to be yay. Hail yourselves, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.